Los Angeles. What's going on? Welcome into the Rams skinny here on the LA football network. Excited to be talking to you after a Rams victory, big victory at that over the Arizona Cardinals, 37 to 14 dominant performance by all, well, kind of by all three phases, you know, missed kick here and there. I missed uh, extra point, but Hey, overall a dominant performance from top to bottom. Joining me as always the man, our Rams beat writer, our managing editor at the LA Football Network, Ryan Skinny T. Anderson. What's up, my man? Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday to you as well. Uh, you've had your Christmas decorations up for a little while. I wanted everybody to know that I also put up my uh, Christmas tree here. So uh, we're, we're <laughs> what set. What is that? <laughs> this, is, this is the Peanuts uh, uh, Christmas tree, Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes, I love it. More of a Christmas it plays the twig. song. I won't. I won't hit the button, but it does play the song. <laughs> you got to get that behind you somewhere, like on yeah, that chair yeah. or something. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's perfect. I love it. Well, good. Well, welcome to the party. Finally, getting uh, yeah. in the Christmas spirit. Um, happy. Hope everyone. Uh, yeah. Now we're Monday. Hope everyone had a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. I uh, got to spend time with family and loved ones, and you know, thankful for. Uh, all of you for listening and putting up with us and helping us grow this brand new show this season. We've seen incremental growth every week, which is exciting. Uh, so let's keep it up. Keep it rolling. If you're on YouTube, please, please, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button to the Rams LAFB YouTube channel so we can keep growing that. And if you're on the website, LFB Network, or if you're on podcast platform, Apple or Spotify, you can subscribe as well. It certainly helps us out and we do appreciate it. Before uh, getting into it quickly, I know we don't got a ton of time today, but how was your Thanksgiving? I know we we obviously talked a bunch yesterday, work related, but how was the Thanksgiving? Oh man, it was good. Uh, you know, we went to a friend's place. We'd been hosting uh, the last few years, and it was just uh, this was kind of the year to take a step back and let somebody else. So we went to a friend's place. We introduced them to this really fantastic game called Super Happy Fun Time Game, uh, nice. which uh, will <laughs> it's it's more than. It, it takes more explanation than, uh, but it's a really good time. So, um, yeah. And, uh, when, you know, we decided to go out to, uh, Napoleon, the, the new, uh, movie on, oh, on was Saturday, it? uh, good, good movie, but my goodness, uh, the Glendale, uh, Americana mall yeah. was, it was a mob scene out there. Holy cow. Everybody was out, uh, out at the mall on Saturday. So, <laughs> a reminder that, uh, you know, holiday traffic is upon us. Yes. Oh, I want to see that movie so bad. So uh, we'll get there, see it eventually. Yeah, we actually thought about because the Glendale Galleria does the awesome, gigantic Christmas tree. They have Santa out there. So this weekend I was like, oh, you know, Saturday SC didn't play. So I was like, oh, I kind of have a Saturday pseudo off, if you will. So I was like, we should go. And I immediately was like, Thanksgiving weekend, it is going to be a madhouse. So we did not go. And it sounds like we made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. The Christmas tree is going to be around for a few more weeks. So you got time. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go. It's you got to go weekdays, right? You got to go weekdays. So that's when we'll we'll make it happen. One of these Perfect. weekdays. Um, well, good. Glad to hear it. I uh, hope everyone else had a great one. Thankful for you, my friend, and all you do and, and your friendship here. So this is uh, a lot of fun and doing this show with you now. Um, but thankful for a Rams win back on track five and six. What'd you say uh, their playoff chances are now? They they bumped up a little bit after this win? Uh, quite a bit. Per uh, New York Times, they have an interactive uh, playoff picture uh, screen. And, and yeah, 37%. So they're kind of they, – that is, that is a, as they say, a punter's chance maybe is a, a good way to put it uh, yeah. for uh, football talk. But uh, 
back definitely back in the playoff talk uh, back in the playoff hunt uh right there with uh, some of those other teams even though they have a losing record and you think about some of those other teams that are in the mix you know Vikings don't have a a quarterback Packers have been off and on uh you know uh everybody in the uh, NFC South is a kind of a suspect team so you got to like our chances <clears throat> Yeah, much better than the Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. I mean, this is much higher than that. This is much higher than one in a million talk uh, over here in L.A. And, you know, I wish this Rams team could play the Cardinals every week. Uh, I saw a stat. I want to say, was it um, our good friend Gary over the L.A. Times that said it? I can't remember. It may have been him. But the Rams haven't lost in Arizona since they were still the St. Louis Rams in 2014. I mean, that is just impressive what this franchise has done to the likes of the Arizona Cardinals, especially in their own yard. And I have a lot of LA fans travel, which is great to see a lot of blue in that stadium. Um, but man, I mean, it's, it was a great way to get back on track. I know they won the previous week as well, but uh, a great way for them to really kind of build upon. And we can see how important some of these players are, which we're going to get to, but what was your, just from the jump, like we always do, what was your, 3,000 mile above lens of kind of this game. Can you call two wins in a row a winning streak? Is it, can you? Can you? I don't know. I think technically. <laughs> um, Kyron Williams. I mean, if even from 3,000 feet up, that's all you, you can really talk about. You know, last week I was begging the question, is, are, is this offense just a Kyron Williams away from being great? And it, it turns <laughs> out they look pretty good with them in there. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean uh, – you know, it's, I always have a hard time, uh, you know, I, I don't like to rain on parades, but I also like to keep things in perspective. This, this is the Cardinals, uh, one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst team in the league, came in with a really bad roster. Uh, now 14 guys are on IR. Uh, Kyler Murray, who who knows if that guy's any good. But, uh, you know, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but uh, this is the Cardinals and the, the, uh, the big brother beat up on the little brother, which is what is supposed to happen. So, um yeah, I mean that's 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 my those are my big takeaways. Yeah, you said it best. I mean, incredible performance by Kyron Williams, and you know, again, we don't want to get ahead. All of a sudden, say this team is Super Bowl bound because of how much they dominated the Cardinals because the Cardinals are not a very good football team. Um, but I think it it shows for sure how much Kyron Williams means to this offense in terms of you know obviously his skill set and his playmaking ability but also in terms of confidence that McVeigh has in play calling when he's out there. Cause you talked about the screen game last episode, like where is the screen game gone? And you know, it's such an instrumental part of the Sean McVeigh offense and they've gotten so far away from it and just haven't utilized it and haven't had success even when they've tried. And all of a sudden we see it this week and Kyle Williams scores a touchdown on the screen and, and we see it used a lot more. So I think there's, there's a confident level in there with him. Um, just something to add to it. We talked about tight end play. Like where is Tyler Higby? Where is these tight ends? Or is Sean McVay going to start using these tight ends more? Lo and behold, two touchdown tight end performance for Tyler Higby. So Sean McVay must be listening to the Rams skinny podcast because exactly what we mapped out. My score prediction was also 31 to 14, 31 to 15. We'll take 37 to 14, I guess that's even better. Um, so Sean McVay listening in last thing I'll add before we kind of dive a little deeper is talk about this run game skinny t over 30 rushes over 200 yards on the ground love the versatility kyron with 16 carries for 143 and 8.9 yard per carry average and rolls royce freeman loved that they were still utilizing him 13 carries for 77 yards and a tubby 
5.9 yards per carry. So again, it's the Arizona Cardinals, but hey, love seeing that running game get utilized, takes pressure off the passing game, off Matthew Stafford. And I think, you know, Rolls-Royce started this, this season on the, on the practice squad and he's fully, I think, implemented himself as RB2 behind Kyron Williams. And it's a really fun one-two punch that they have between Williams and Freeman. You know, heading into this game, I was looking at the stats and I was I was surprised to see that Kyron Williams, despite having missed four weeks of play, coming onto this into this year behind uh, Cam Akers on the depth chart, he was still the leading rusher coming into this game. <laughs> so, I mean, it just really does point out to you how important um, he is to the, the offense. And uh, he's going to be, I would imagine, even more so heading into some of the next few weeks going up against some pretty intense defenses against uh, the Browns and the Ravens. This running game is going to be even more important um, in those games. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and... You know, another another great game for for Matthew Stafford. You know, uh, he he kind of broke his uh, rough streak of of bad completion percentages. Um, you know, al- I think uh, almost seventy five percent completion uh, rate in this game, and uh, actually, you know, utilizing that screen game, his his average depth of target came way down way down in this game, just about six. Uh, six yards per target. Um, so that's an interesting uh, ch- uh, change of events. And, you know, it, got, it it goes back to what you were saying about Sean McVay's uh, confidence of play calling and, you know, not feeling like he has to uh, hit guys deep downfield, knowing that he can pick up four, five, six yards, whether that be to Kyron Williams or to Tyler Higby. And that, those are the kind of things that you need to, those are the kind of passes, at least, that you need to be able to hit so that you can open up a Tutu Atwell down the down the field. Mm-hmm. Or let's say maybe we can get uh, Cooper Cup and, and Puka Nakua involved in this offense once again at some point. We'll see if that yeah. happens. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think that's the beauty of it, right? Like seven catches between both Nakua and Cooper Cup, both under like 30 yards receiving. Obviously, you hate seeing stat lines like that for Cooper Cup just because of what he means to the game of football, and you want him to remain in the talks of best wide receiver in the league. And, you know, the the um, casuals out there or the national people will look at his stat line and say, oh, Cooper Cup's done, like blah, 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 blah. And they just, you know, aren't watching the game and knowing his involvement. But, but from a team perspective, this is a great thing. If you can win a game by 30 points almost, or 25 points or whatever. I'm terrible at math, but put up 37 points and Cooper cup goes three for 18. I mean, that means you're doing things the right way. And cause you're eventually going to need to lean on Cooper cup at, at, at some point, but you don't want to have to lean on him in games like this. And just to go back to the point of this offense and these screens and, and simplifying things in a way, the game of, of football today, offensively, the, the offenses that have success overall, are the teams that are kind of, I don't, I, I hate using the word dink and dunk because it sounds like it's, it's, you know, not a good offense. But when you look at even Pat Mahomes, when you look at the Sean Payton offense, when you look at um, others out there that have found success, it's making throws and yard, ob- obtaining yardage in a much simpler way. Screens, short, um, short corner routes, short post routes, some out routes. The Rams over the course of the last 18 months, it's like every throw they're trying to make are these like intermediate to long routes, long developing. It's Stafford trying to just show off his arm talent. And it's just, they're not taking things the defense give them. And maybe it's just the Cardinals. (laughs) It's just what they provide, but it's like, it was good to see them 
just take some easy stuff and and utilize the short yardage stuff and letting their playmakers go make plays and and letting Stafford stay clean in the pocket and not having to force these long 12 yard, you know, deep posts and skinny routes and fades and stuff like that. And that, as you do the more intermediate stuff and the, and the short stuff, that deeper stuff starts opening up for you. So I thought it was a great called game by McVeigh. Now we just need to see him stack these and like stick with that game plan and not go immediately back to like, okay, we got to, we got to start pushing down the field again and not get in this dink and dunk mode because the dink and dunk mode works. I mean, that's what the NFL is. Pat Mahomes the last like two years has had the lowest, um, lowest uh, yards per uh, uh, pass in the entire NFL. Drew Brees made a career out of having the lowest yards per pass. He's a hall of fame quarterback. You don't always have to sling it 12 plus yards on every pass play. So I just think it's it's exciting to see that they did that. Now, will they stick with it? That's the question, which we'll get into later in the week. But it was good at least to see it done on on Sunday. Yeah, it's a kind of a disciplined approach that <clears throat> uh, coaches have to have that they're willing to you know pick up four or five yards and just kind of keep moving the chains, and that's going to force defenders to you know respect that kind of physicality, respect that kind of short game. Uh, come up closer to the yard of scrimmage, uh, you know, stack the box, trying to stop the run, kind of muddle up the middle. You know, you don't want to give up those, you know, short passes over the middle, you know, where, you know, mesh routes can kind of uh, gash, you know, a, a team for 20 yards, you know, 15, 20 yards at a time. So those kind of those kind of things just kind of bring the defense, condense the defense down, which then opens up that those long game those big gains that, you know, like talking about going back to early, early career, Sean McVay is that he's, he, that, that was kind of that game. That's what kind of, that's what Todd Gurley offered the offense was, well, we got to watch out for that guy. That's for sure. And then they just uncork it, uh, you know, and that's what created that electric offense. So it's great to, it's great to see the, 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 uh, that, uh, manifests itself once again. And, uh, you know, only eight pressures on uh, on Stafford in this game. So, can they continue that in against those uh, more formidable pass rushes? Um, and hopefully, this is just kind of a tune-up game where everything's where they're they're starting to see some things that they're able to open up more because this offense just has not looked good, even against you know lesser teams, you know, going up against Green Bay and things like that. So it's at le- it's nice at least to see it churning. Um, uh, against the Cardinals and you know we'll, you know we'll talk more about the Browns but it was that it was it was good to see that 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 kind of thing happened yeah and we we mentioned it early in the season but this is Kyron Williams has been the first how do I say this correctly they haven't had obviously a running back like Todd Gurley since Todd Gurley <laughs> obviously understated not even saying Kyron Williams is as good as or can be Todd Gurley, but this is the first time they're using a running back like they used Todd Gurley in both the running game and the passing game. And I think we saw when he got injured, like he was really starting to find his stride, but even early on, even in the losses, right? Like he was really utilizing that Niners game in week two in the passing game and had that unfortunate bog off his hands led to an interception, but he was utilized in both aspects of the game. And week three was utilized in both aspects of the game. He misses then four weeks and you could really see Olsen, they weren't doing that with the running backs. Like they tried a little bit to sprinkle stuff in, but it was really more of, Hey, Jell Henderson, Royce Freeman, go run the ball, you know, eight times each. And we'll see what happens now with him back. We saw that Todd Gurley, like usage, which I think, as you just said, makes this offense 
go and if they can do more 11 personnel which Sean McVay made famous and and get everyone more involved in screens and get to two out well those three catches that end up being pretty electrifying catches then things just start churning more and more so hopefully we'll see that more out of Kyron Williams but it's man oh, so good to have him back two touchdowns through the air like I said 144 yards on the ground six led all receivers with six catches so just a one-man wrecking crew uh, so Kyron Gurley looking pretty good out there as number 23, but let's talk about, and yes, I said Kyron Gurley on purpose. Let's talk about the defense now, you know, Arizona's offense is no you know, dominant offense, but different unit they faced a few weeks ago. Cause they had Kyler Murray back. They had James Conner back that first drive. Arizona goes right after the Rams scored. Arizona countered, goes right down the field. They end up getting a two point conversion after a penalty takes an eight, seven lead. Or you're like, okay, are we in for a shootout here? Not the case. Defense absolutely then shut down, gave up a garbage time touchdown late in the game. It doesn't even matter. So technically it was basically a 37 to eight football game, held this team to under hundred yards rushing. Kyler Murray was, was chased all over, had an okay game, 256 for a touchdown, but was sacked four times, pressured 19. Talked about this defense, Skinny T, because it just, they just get better and better every week, I think. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, you know, it works off the offense a bit, but the the offense put up some points, and that forced Kyler Murray to try to uh, keep up. And you know, I I think that it had, you know, had uh, they continued to run the ball, use James Conner and uh, Kyler Murray to to kind of you know push the ball and and run the offense kind of uh, more physically. I think they could have stayed in this game a bit more, but you know, Kyler Murray they wanted to try to run it through him through his arm and whatnot, and. That, just wasn't working. He's got no cast of characters around him to catch the catch the ball. I was making fun of Greg Greg Dorch earlier or last week when we were heading into this game, and I mean he made a really fantastic catch. But uh, <laughs> um, there's just I can see Deutsch with a touchdown <laughs> at the end, garbage time yeah. touchdown. <laughs> you know why why isn't he throwing to uh, why isn't he throwing to DeAndre Hopkins? Why isn't he throwing to uh, Christian Kirk? It's like wow, these guys are gone. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean you just saw the. This is this is exactly what you want to see against the Cardinals is a dominant uh, defensive performance. Um, it it shows just how great this this defense actually can be. Uh, it shows you know how great uh, Raheem Morris is and this whole you know defensive coaching staff. You know taking you know we've said it a million times like you know a cast of nobodies and turning them into really great you know. At, you know, at least serviceable, serviceable starters. Some of them are getting even better. I think Darian Kendrick is taking that benching very personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's uh, come back and had just two fantastic games. And yeah. And then, you know, you look up front and, you know, obviously another fantastic game by Aaron Donald, seven, seven pressures, uh, f- you know, four hurries. Um, you know, apparently he's, he said that uh, playing against Kyler Murray is a, is no walk in the park. Uh, he's hard, to, hard guy to take down. But then you got t- Kobe Turner right next to him, mm. two sack game. You know that's it's yeah. um, everything's working in concert for this defense, and I I continue to be impressed with it. Uh, and you know, hats off to all these guys. You know, Jordan Fuller, what a game, uh, what yeah. a game for him, and he's turning into this kind of a, a sh- shutdown safety if there's ever been such a thing where just mm-hmm. you know passes defended you know, left and right. It just seems like he's always involved in, you know, really good heads up plays. And that's what we knew he could always be, you know, uh, after he'd had such a fantastic uh, rookie season. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think, again, you know, this is 
this is what you want to do a, do to a bad team. And yeah, you know, they, they contained the run. They, they didn't allow that to beat them, even though I think the Cardinals went away from it. Um, you know, it's not like uh, either one of those guys had a great day. So, you know, I'm, I'm continue, continued to be impressed and, and yeah, I have nothing bad to say about this defense at this point. Yeah. Hard to after yesterday's performance. And, and this is not hyperbole, but based on, just the way this season's gone in performance. Jordan Fuller is the best safety in Los Angeles right now. He is better than Derwin James is right now. And that's just based on the way he's playing and the way the position he's been put in, in this defense. And, and you know, that's no shade at Derwin James. Uh, we'll have to talk to our, our chargers unleashed buddies, Dan and Jake to see if they would agree with that. Um, but Jordan Fuller is playing great and being one of the leaders of this team. And it shows how dearly he was missed last year when, when missed with injury and um, played well. You know, this team, Skinny, what's what's hard about it is it's been such a Jekyll and Hyde team this season. There's weeks like this where everyone, you get all excited and you're like, all right, this team maybe can do damage in the playoffs. They're very competitive. And then there's weeks, and you know, I, I want to throw the Packers game out just because, you know, no Stafford and obviously <laughs> Ray Ripon did not play well. And, you know, you have to own that. And that loss can certainly come back to haunt them later in the season. But Let's just throw that aside. But you look at some of their other losses and just, you know, some some stuff here and there that, you know, just underwhelming performances. But if they can get rid of that Jekyll and Hyde mantra and play consistently, not only is this a good football team, they're not great right now, but they're a good football team. But it has to have everyone so excited for next year. When you go into the draft with all your draft picks, you go into the offseason with a lot of cap space now because of the offseason moves they've done. Like 2024, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but this is once again going to be one of the top teams in football. And the fact that they're doing this with this roster, sitting at five and six, hopefully they can get to 500 next week. Again, we'll talk about the Browns next episode. And what it starts with, and this is what we talked about during the draft, and me and you talked about it before the draft, and me and you talked about it in July. In order for this remodel to work, Les Snead, Sean McVay, and company had to start nailing these draft classes, specifically this one. Because if you're going to give away all your all your star power, you got to nail this draft and nail a 24 draft. And by all accounts, it's early. It's very early. It's 11 games in. But they have absolutely nailed this draft class from top to bottom almost. It's It's incredible. I mean, Steve Avila. Home run so far. Home run. Uh, we, we can go down the list. Kobe Turner, as you mentioned, has been a home run. Byron Young has been a home run based on what he was, the project he was coming in. I mean, we could just keep Puka Nakua, obviously. They nailed this draft. Last year's draft class, they've gotten contributors out of with Russ Yeast, Darian Kendrick, Kobe Durant. So by all accounts, the plan they've put in motion is certainly working so far. Let's see if that continues down the stretch, if we can get away from that Jekyll and Hyde type of play, play more consistent, and then obviously go into this next draft and have another home run draft. But this team is certainly set up for a lot of success, and it's exciting to see when you're a team that gave everything away and you're the better team in L.A. right now. That's what's incredible to me. Like this, by far and away, based on what we saw the Chargers do last night and what they've done the last few weeks, when you look at roster to roster and you can – conceivably say this Rams team is a not just better team record wise, but a much better team. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. And, you know, you think about the checklist, you, you know, like there's always those uh, draft uh, needs, you know, things that come out, you know, around draft time that, 
you know, what, what this team needs a quarterback, a defensive back and, you know, whatever, uh, you know, and, and, you know, some, some play, some teams are just all, you know, what does (laughs) the team mean? Everything. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And just take it. Yeah. Just pick the best player available and you, and you're doing yourself a favor, you know, and, you know, you're just chicken, you're ticking boxes off for the ramps. You know, it's like need done need boom you know so that 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 list is getting uh you know significantly lower a lot of those questions are being answered and 2024 is not that far away uh which is weird to say but uh, in terms of playoff chances who would have thought you know almost december and the chargers have a five percent chance of making the playoffs and the rams have a 37 percent chance of making the playoffs um you know obviously a little bit different uh stories in terms of uh conferences but I mean, you got to hand it to this team, and you know, it's just, this is a great juxtaposition of, about franchises. I always like to say, like, you know, Les Snead, um, just a really smart GM. You know, they hired that, yeah. that guy. You know, he, you know, they hired Sean McVay. They've hired all these coaches uh, that are turning this roster into a competitive team, and you know, just. Just, you know, I guess trust the process is the, is the, the, the sports way to say it is, you know, we're, uh, you're in good hands, you know, <laughs> with, with this, nice. with this setup. Yeah. <laughs> free, free pub, free pub there. We need to get a sponsor there. Um, last thing I'll say, and then we'll, we'll wrap up and from an ownership level, I think, and you know, people can say what they want about owners, but I think Kroenke has proven to be one of the best sports owners of recent memory. I mean, you look, it's no, it's no um, coincidence that his Rams, his nuggets, his avalanche, his mam all have championships in the last five years. And that's because of his ownership style and hiring really well. And then letting his hires do their job and not micromanaging and being involved in every little thing, handling the business side of it. But you look at kind of what he's built from obviously less Sneed and just the Rams franchise. But then you even see, what this Rams culture and the spinoff that that's gone to other franchises. Look at the lions. Brad Holmes was in the player development department for the Rams and now has turned the lions from a laughing stock to not just a playoff contender, but a Super Bowl favorite in Detroit. You look at, obviously we can talk at nauseum about Sean McVay's coaching tree, but those all come from within that Rams culture and that coaching culture that has been built from the top down. So the Rams know what they're doing. This was an interesting offseason. It's been an interesting year. Very Jekyll and Hyde. I'm not sitting here saying this all of a sudden a Super Bowl team, but it just shows they're on the right track. Now it's that consistency to get these young players to continually buying in and play consistent football, and then this team can do some great things. So great win against the Cardinals, 37-14. I didn't even mention our friends at Underdog. I'll do that real quick. Underdog Fantasy. Go to Underdog Fantasy app or underdogfantasy.com. Use our promo code RAMSLAFB, all one word. RAMSLAFB gets you a... Uh, welcome bonus up to $100. You put in 100 bucks, they give you 100 free dollars. Build your pick them, two to five players. You can 20x your money, have a lot of fun. You can maybe play tonight's Monday night game. But that'll do it for us. For Ryan, Skinny T. Anderson, you're the man. Pleasure as always. Check out some of his great stuff. Put some great Rams content out yesterday on LAPnetwork.com. I'm Ryan Dyrid. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. Have a blessed week. We'll be back later in the week to preview this Browns matchup. Everyone take care. Thank <laughs> you.